just for a moment meditate upon some dynamics that were happening around the birth of Jesus, just for a few moments. And then we're going to spend some time, I think, ministering to one another. It was in my heart to talk a little bit about uh, those that gathered around Jesus at the first advent are a little prototype or similar to those who will gather around him in his second advent. So an advent means just a coming, a showing up, right? That's what Jesus did. It was a long-awaited advent, by the way. Thousand years, there had been prophecies. There had been all kinds of prophecies all through. The prophets, 700 years earlier, 500 years, they'd kept saying things about, here comes a Messiah, here comes a unique man, a Jewish man who's going to be called actually Emmanuel, God with us. And so then he manifests, and when he manifests, it's the greatest visitation on planet Earth ever. And we've had mountains on fire with Moses, you know what I mean? We've, we've, had, some, we've had some big moments in the Old Testament, but nothing was as big as God becoming a human being. And he becomes a human being and robes himself with flesh, and then he's manifest out. And I mean, what, what is going on in the spirit realm, in the natural realm? I mean, in that moment in Bethlehem, a town of 300 people, and here comes out of a teenager, a Jewish teenager from Nazareth, God is born. I mean, it's stunning. God who for the ancient one, it says, and robed himself and decided to be born. You know, the son eternal had probably had the conversation with the father and the spirit about, I'm going to go be born, which is, I mean, I want to see that conversation. But the glory of that and then doing it and steeping so low, stooping so low to embrace that, it's a stunning deal. So he's born, and you know the deal. I'm just going to, no, no, I'm going to, we don't have the passage up there anyway, but you remember the story. He's born in Bethlehem in a manger. There's no room in the inn. And he's born there in the manger, and as he's manifest in the manger, there he is, God in flesh, an infant, crying and wrapped in swaddling clothes, immediately heaven begins to engage earth. Does anybody remember what happened? He's born in a shepherd's stall, basically. A shepherd's stall put in a place for animals wrapped in swaddling clothes, and immediately there's a breakthrough from heaven. A bunch of shepherds are just outside of Bethlehem. Some think Levitical shepherds. They were raising the priestly lambs. That's not necessarily provable, but interesting. But there they all are out there, and suddenly an angel appears to them and announces that the son of David, a, a son of David, has been born. Uh, the king has been born. There's this glorious announcement about what's happened. Then as he's done talking, it says a whole myriad, we don't know how many, a great company of angels didn't begin to sing but began to shout, began to speak, glory to God in the highest, and you know, glory to him and peace on, on men on whom his favor rests. And there's this manifestations of just shepherd guys and angels, and they're all having, as we like to say, wet your pant moment. I mean, it's a man, they've been doing shepherd in a long time. You never had a company of angels show up, but they can't help themselves because heaven and earth have just come together in humanity. God, the Word, John 1, 14, what a, what a, everybody should be required to memorize. And the Word became flesh. Oh my gosh. And it, and it he dwelt among us. God became, the Creator robed Himself in the creature. And when He did it, He actually is a prophetic sign of fully where this whole thing's going. 
Ephesians 1, 9 and 10 are saying that this is the eternal purpose, that he would bring under one head everything in heaven and earth. Right now we've got division between the heavenly realms and the natural realm. But in a person, we get the merger of gloriously the one who made heaven and earth. And so there he is, and as he's there, angels are bursting forth, and, and so here come the shepherds. They come in, they find him, they knew exactly where to go, they get in, they worship and do their stuff, it's amazing, and they become the first evangelist. It says they begin to tell everybody about this around Bethlehem and wherever they were. Hey, we were out in the field and these angels came and said, and then we went and there was a baby right where, and they begin to tell the story and cause a hubbub, if you will. At the same time, there's a drama that had been developing for a little while where some guys out way east, like Babylon, Persia area, had seen a star. And they had prophetically probably seen Numbers 24, and Daniel took the scrolls up there, and it talks about a star will lead them. Whatever, they see this unique star and follow it all the way to Israel. And they know the king of the Jews has been born, and there's illusion they understand he's the king of the earth. And here they come, and it's more than three probably. Some think it's 12 in the Talmud, the, the, the Aramaic document, they think it was 12 guys. We don't know how many, but a whole host of these guys who are probably astrologer, uh, magician, uh, spiritist leaders come from that area. They get down actually into Jerusalem. And they start talking to Herod, and they start talking about, we've seen the star come into this region area. Where's the king? Where's the king born? Remember that? And then it says, they begin to tell people, it says in the passage, all of, all of Jerusalem was stirred up. This wasn't just these guys snuck in and then went to the cradle and we, took, we snapped a shot for a nativity scene, you know? These guys came in and it's a crowd of them. They've got gold and, and myrrh, you know what I mean? Frankincense, they've got a, they've loaded donkeys or whatever. And they're in Jerusalem and saying, the king of Israel's been born. That's crazy. All of Judaism's built on the prophecy that the king of Israel is going to come. But nobody had heard about it, and Herod's a sold-out leader, and he's stirred up, they're stirred up, and he says, hey, when you find him, let me know so I can worship him, wink, wink. And so they go over, and they follow the star, which is probably an angel. An angel manifests over this little place, and I don't know if the shepherds showed up at the same time as the wise men, but here they are. you got Gentile dogs who are not Jews who have come in to the greatest Jew ever born on the planet. That's something the nations were gathering, the Jewish people were gathering, the shepherds, and it's not, it's not over. He's eight days later, and they're taking him to the temple. Remember that? They walk in, and right at the time they walk in, an old man named Simeon walks in. He's an eight-year-old, eight-day-old baby. He's, he, they're holding him, and Simeon, it says, had the Holy Spirit on him, was moved by the Spirit to go in there, and Simeon starts prophesying over this little, this baby, he, well, first he says, thank God, the word's been fulfilled, because the Spirit promised me I wouldn't die until I laid my eyes on the consolation of Israel. I'm looking at the Savior of Israel, a baby. And then he says, He's appointed for the rising and the fall of many. He's going to bring the rise and fall of many. And then he looks at Mary and says, a sword is going to pierce your soul, knowing that the cross was coming to him. And they have this unique encounter. That gets done. And then here comes this lady named Anna. 
who's like 84 to 90s, whatever she is. She's been fasting, praying, been a widow all of her life. And she comes in, moved by the Holy Spirit, and starts prophesying over this little baby. The Lord is born, and at his first advent, God rallied the Jews, stirred up Jerusalem, brought Gentile nations to worship him because the Bible says kings are going to come and bow before him. It was all a prophetic type. Old prophetesses are coming in and prophesying. Old devout men are coming in and saying righteous things about him. And it all was an amazing moment then, but it was a prophetic type of what's going to happen. Because Jesus came a first time, but does everybody know he's coming a second time? He's coming a second time. It says it in Hebrews chapter 9. Actually, let me, for those that are taking notes, the verse. In Hebrews chapter 9, in verse, uh, let me get to the verse. <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, it says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time and deal with sin, not to deal with sin that time because he did the first time, but to save those who eagerly wait on him. So his first advent was to take care of sin, and it stirred the nations, stirred Israel, stirred the religious order up. In fact, it went so far as Herod, you remember what the deal is, he sets out on a mission to kill him. And so we see a picture of the Antichrist spirit that's going to operate at the end times that hates nothing about the good works of God. I mean, he doesn't like them, but he hates the Christ. That's what the Antichrist hates, everybody. Loyalty to Jesus is the big deal for all of us. Not loyalty to good works. Uh, the, the lost enjoy good works and admire them. And I want us to, we should do more and more good works. But that will not be what the controversy is over in the end times. The controversy will be over, are you loyal to the Jewish man who said he's God? Who's who died and rose from the dead and says he's king and no one comes to the Father except through him. That's the controversy. The controversy isn't feeding the poor. The controversy isn't healing the sick. Even the demonic uh, realms or antichrist are going to do supernatural signs and wonders. This is not the controversy. The controversy is the man, not the mission, the man. And so there was controversy. Herod tries to kill him and ends up killing all the babies, I think two years old and under in Bethlehem. It probably wasn't a ton. It was a town of 300, but there's still some death going on slaughter because of Jesus. He hasn't even done anything yet. And he's causing the death of people. And he's born to die. And in the end times, I'm telling you, there's obviously going to be some big times coming up. We know that. But I wanted to say to you that I hope you'll meditate afresh on all that was stirred up in the natural realm and spirit realm when the first advent came and God became flesh. It's powerful to meditate on it. Take it, read it slow, savor what's going on, think about it. Don't let it just be some Christmas story you see on Charlie Brown, whatever. You need to see, you really need to go deep in this because it's all a prophetic type of what's about to happen. I'm telling you the nations and kings of the nations are going to come and bow down before the king of kings. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. A few of them bowed before a baby all of them will bow before the man. The same thing, Israel will touch the poor and the shepherds. They'll be turned and they're going to come and they're going to worship him and be part of him. He's going to stir up a prophetic spirit in the elderly and the different dimensions of, of relationships and, and people in the, in the earth. He's going to stir up devout people to come and to prophesy in the last days. And there will be a Herod Antichrist spirit that will try to stop this whole thing. And here's the good news. It won't be stopped. Jesus is coming.
He's going to rule the right. He's going to rule the right. It's good news. You think that was good. It's going to be better that he comes. It's a little tumultuous. The Antichrist spirit in the world don't want him back at that level, but he's coming. It's going to be good. He's going to bring the salvation that you and I want because you and I, let me do this lastly, you and I are only tasting a part of what salvation is. Do you know that? Salvation is full for us spirit, soul, and body. He has redeemed me and cleaned out and made me alive in my spirit. My conscience has been freed by the blood of Jesus and forgiveness of sin, but my body's still dying right here. And so fullness of salvation is when Jesus comes and completes this whole thing, resurrects the dead, raptures us to where we get our new bodies, and you and I live forever in a realm of love and health and life forever and ever and ever. And so they sang and they longed for, send the Messiah, send the Messiah. They sang it, they prayed it, they longed for it. He came. It was glorious. Israel missed him. But we are now on the planet, two billion of us believers now longing for the second advent. We long for him to come and to set things right and to bring justice to the nations. So I pray that you will go deep and sober and meditate upon the first advent and it will refresh your heart and stir you to a new level to cry and ache for the second advent. Because I promise you, and I know you hear this a lot, it's just because the Bible talks about it a lot, in this place, but the second coming of Jesus is, is, is our heart's desire. It's the church's heart's desire. We want him back, guys. We shouldn't be sitting here getting cancer. We shouldn't be selling kids for, you know, human trafficking. We should, right? It's, it's, not, it's not normal. And so we want to let our ache go higher and our groan develop for him to come. So Papa, I pray in Jesus' name that you take these stories deep into our hearts, these truths. Teach us. May we not only know the Christmas story well in our minds, but deep in our hearts. May we see the glory of the word become flesh, how it stirred the nations up and the nation of Israel. And Lord, we're asking and saying on this celebration of the first advent, for the second advent, Maranatha. Maranatha. Maranatha, Lord. Mercy on the nations. Gospel to the nations. But for the starving, the sick, and the billions that are in pain tonight, we're, we're praying gospel news to them quickly, and then you break the eastern sky and, and get this where it's supposed to be. You have... You have wet our appetite with glory, eternal life in our inner man, but we want it fully, and we want you. So I pray you would stir us up at new levels. To walk in your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.